0: Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest's teaching is titled, I Am Not Satisfied. Let me preface this podcast message by saying that what I'm about to convey was not recorded this past Sunday, July 8th, because our sound recording equipment malfunctioned. And ordinarily, I'd let it slide and just skip a week until next Sunday's message. But this message was one that I felt so strongly about, I knew that I had to record it And get it out on the airwaves. So I'm recording it now a couple of days later on Tuesday, July 10th, 2018. I am preaching to an empty church. But I pray that the message will go out as passionately as I felt it and preached it on our Sunday morning service. No message comes out the same twice, but I pray that the essence of my heart cry will be communicated to the listeners as they listen to this podcast. I'm calling this message... I'm not satisfied. And as I share my heart over the next 20 or 30 minutes, I think you'll see why I'm calling it, I'm not satisfied. Let me begin by saying we've had moves of God in the recent past, historically speaking. There have been mighty revivals, mighty moves of God, especially beginning around the turn of and throughout the 20th century. Great men and women of God ushered in moves of God where signs, wonders, and miracles were commonplace. Creative miracles were commonplace and I'm thankful for those great moves of God in the past. In fact, I am a child of one of those great revivals, the charismatic revival of the late 1960s and the early 1970s. When I was 17 years old, I was a witness to the Charismatic Revival as it swept through the denominational churches, and thousands upon thousands were saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, healed, and delivered. So much so, this 20th century revival of the Charismatic Church, so to speak, has been so powerful that to date I think we're closing in on 700 million Spirit filled believers worldwide. That's what I call a move of God. Now, I came into the kingdom of God because I saw the power of God manifested in a way that I never dreamed possible. I came to God because I saw signs, wonders and miracles confirming the word of God as it was boldly preached. So I'm not one of those who's just heard about such things happening in the past. I'm an eyewitness of things that I've seen in my lifetime. And one of my concerns as a pastor, as a man of God, is that this generation, the millennials and others, have not heard about these past days of glory, and furthermore, have not seen such things in this day and age. They need to be told. They need to know that signs, wonders, and miracles were prominent in these past great moves of God. They also need to know that these things need not be just a thing of the past. To believe that is to believe like many of our denominational brethren who say that such things only happened in Bible days and they don't happen anymore. Well, I know better. I've personally witnessed astounding miracles, many by others' hands, but many by my own hands, praying and declaring over people in Jesus' name, moving and operating in the nine gifts of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 through 10. Let me just go over those real quickly. Vocal or inspirational gifts, the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Revelation gifts, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Power gifts, gifts of healing, working of miracles, special gift of faith. I don't have time to teach on the gifts of the Spirit, but if you check our podcast, there are podcast episodes that delve into these things in more detail than I have time to do at this time. It's time to believe God for these gifts to be as common in this day as they were in days of old. But we have our part that we have to do. When we hear the stories of saints that have gone before us like Maria Woodworth Eder, William Seymour, Amy Semple McPherson, John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, Oral Roberts, Catherine Coleman, Kenneth E. Hagan and T. L. Osborne, just to mention a few, it should stir in our hearts the desire to see the same things they saw, to do the same things they did in our day and age, in this country, in our time. Even the stories of our own Ricky Lee Leonard, a member of Faith Life Fellowship, who saw signs, wonders, and miracles over the last 40 plus years all over the world. You need to get his book, High Adventure Faith, and read about the legacy that we were privileged to be a part of here at Faith Life Fellowship. These stories should stir your hearts. They should fire you up to believe God for the same things to happen in your life and ministry. Let me show you why this desire is a scriptural desire. The prophet Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 1 to 2a In the message translation, a prayer of the prophet Habakkuk with orchestra. How would you like to have an orchestra back in you when you pray? Amen. Hallelujah. Verse two. God, I've heard what our ancestors say about you, and I'm stopped in my tracks, down on my knees. Do among us what you did among them. Work among us as you worked among them. Amen. Amen. When you hear the stories of great miracles done by these saints of old, it should stop us in our tracks. It should drive us to our knees. Lord, do among us what you did among them. Work among us as you worked among them. Then we need to get up off our knees and do our part. We need to preach and teach the Word wherever and whenever we're given the opportunity. And to preach and teach the Word, you need to learn the Word, so you need to get into the Word, and you need to make it a part of you, not just something you do every once in a while, but the Word needs to be a part of you so it rises out of you when the opportunity arises to impact somebody's life. Amen? We need to do our part, then God will do His part. Amen? I don't think that God is waiting to pour out his power so much as he's waiting for us to rise up and be the spirit filled men and women of God that he's created us to be so that we create an atmosphere of faith where the spirit of God will supernaturally just go to work to confirm the truth of what we preach with signs, wonders and miracles following. Amen. So. I would like to share for just a few minutes about my own eyewitness accounts. And this is just a sample of the things that I've seen over the last 40 plus years. Sometimes, you know, when we hear stories about astounding miracles performed by people we don't know or people who lived long ago, it doesn't resonate as powerfully as it does when we talk to someone we know, someone we trust, someone who has seen these kinds of things with their own eyes. So I'm going to share just a few of the things I've seen over the last 40 plus years of my spirit-filled life, and I pray that it will stop you in your tracks, drive you to your knees, and stir in your heart a desire to see these things happen now in our time, in our day. I want to share about the first time I saw a miracle. Bible declares this to be working of miracles. And it involves uh, many times the regrowth of body parts and things that happen that uh, have to supersede the laws of nature in order to manifest. When you get healed, you get healed. But when you receive a miracle, you know, lungs that were removed are replaced. A heart that was diseased is replaced. A limb that was cut off or that a person was born without grows out and is restored that's what I'm referring to when I talk about working of miracles for those of you that this is new to you uh, that's what I'm talking about working of miracles in this first example the regrowth of body parts in the 1970s specifically 1972 I was 17 years old I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Spirit I grew up Episcopal, but one day I was invited to a spirit-filled youth group in the in the activity room of Grace Moravian Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. They got caught up in the charismatic revival and the leadership of that church from top to bottom, and many of the people in the congregation got gloriously baptized in the Holy Ghost, and it transformed that whole church at that time. So I got invited to the youth group, met on a Monday night, and... Before long, I got swept in. I got swept in because I saw the power of God in manifestation. And growing up in the Episcopal church, at least the one that I was that I grew up in, we didn't see those kind of things. I didn't even know they were possible until I saw them with my own eyes. So being a young former Episcopal lad, 17, 18 years old, uh, me and my friends, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost about the same time I did. We were craving fellowship with other believers of like mind and like faith. And one of the few places you could go was to an outfit called the Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship International. And there was a local chapter in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and one Monday a month, uh, they would meet and we would get everybody in a car and we would uh, carpool and we would drive from Mount Airy to Winston about 30 some odd miles to these meetings Just to be among people who were born again, spirit-filled, talking in tongues, believing God for miracles. Amen. And even though we had nothing in common with them in the natural, they were doctors and lawyers and businessmen, and we were just teenagers. We were high schoolers. So we just, uh, we like being around people of like mind and like faith. It's just kind of an example of how the Spirit of God will bring people from all walks of life together if you allow Him to move in your church. Amen. Hallelujah. So there was a man there that was preaching the healing message of God. He was a healing evangelist. And after his message, he said, if anybody needs a touch from the Lord, if you need a miracle in your life, come back to the back room and I'll pray for you and God will heal you. Now, back in the beginning of the charismatic revival, you know, we didn't get the memo. You know, we didn't know that you could do that in front of everybody else and boost their faith by watching a miracle happen right before their eyes. So but in any case, I had never seen a miracle and I was going back to that room and I was going to see a miracle before the night was over. So we went back there. There was probably only 30 or so people out of the hundred and fifty or so that showed up for the meeting that night that came back there. A man walked in and he had it was his left leg. He had a platform shoe and his left leg was about six inches shorter than his right leg. And he was an orthopedic surgeon, and he testified to the evangelist, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I know medical science has no answers for me. What can Jesus do? So you know the answer to that. The evangelist had him sit in the hot seat back in those days, in the charismatic days. People sat in the center of the room in a hot seat, and they had people all around them laying hands on him, And It was kind of frightening, but uh, we've learned a lot since then. And, you know, we let the evangelist lay hands on the sick and we just, you know, we stretch stretch forth our hand and we believe God with the evangelist and and we uh, uh, join our faith to his and watch God do mighty things. Okay, so he instructed the rest of us. I don't want you spectating, he said. I want you participating. Why don't you just let me pray for this man? And I want you to say, Thank you, Jesus. I want you to verbally thank the Lord Jesus for what He's about to do. First time I've ever been asked to exercise that kind of faith in my life. So, all of us teenagers and all of the adults that were around us, we were all saying the same thing. We were saying, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, to make sure everybody knew that this was not faked in any way, he took the man's shoes off, took his socks off, rolled up his pants leg to about the knees, and you could clearly see with his back firmly against the back of this chair that one leg, his left leg, was a full six inches or so shorter than the right leg. And so he laid hands on the man, and then he, and then he picked up his feet and his legs in the palms of his hands, And he declared healing over this man's leg. He declared this man's leg normal in the name of Jesus. He commanded it to grow in Jesus' name. And so all of us teenagers and I made up my mind. I had my eye on that man's leg. If it did anything, I was going to see it. Okay? I hardly... Took the time to blink, and you know, my eyes started watering because I thought if I blinked it, I'd miss something. Well, I was watching as the man of God prayed for this man who had one leg six inches shorter than the other, and all of a sudden I heard the sound of grinding in this man's body, in his lower leg. I heard a grinding, and then all of a sudden I heard a loud pop like a bone breaking, and I watched as this man's leg didn't just grow out gradually. It jumped out and was equal in length with the other leg. It was the most astounding miracle uh, I had witnessed at that time. And, of course, the words that came out of my mouth were, I don't believe it. And then the Lord scolded me and said, you're a great man of faith. You're not not getting off to a good start. So that was the first miracle that I saw in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship International, It was around 1973. I was about 18 years old. All right. So I stored away in my memory the sound of that popping and grinding because I knew in my spirit, somehow I knew in my spirit that I would hear it again one day. Well, fast forward 13 years to May of 1986. Uh, My wife and I were in Corpus Christi. I was flying for the Marines. I was a flight instructor at Naval Air Station Corpus Christi. We were attending Faith Temple Assembly of God Church, and you know, if you have a teaching gift, uh, you can't hide it when you come to a new church. Your gifts will become known to the leadership. Well, my gift of teaching became known to the leadership, and they asked me to teach a series, a six-week series, Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock before the service started at 1030, a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the ones that I just mentioned at the opening of this broadcast. And that particular Sunday, I can't remember how far into the to the 6 weeks we were, but I was teaching on working of miracles and gifts of healing. And at the end, the Lord said, "I'm ready to demonstrate." He spoke to me clearly in that still small voice that's so loud on the inside, it might as well be the audible voice of God. He said, "I'm ready to demonstrate." And I just said it to the people. There was about 25 people there. My wife was there. And I said, the Lord just told me he wants to demonstrate. He wants to confirm the truth of the word that I just taught you about gifts of healing and working of miracles. Is there anybody here that needs a touch from the Lord? Well, there was a man there. I later came to know him well. His name was Andy Edlin. And Andy came up, walked up the center aisle of this classroom. And from all appearances, he appeared to be totally healthy and whole until he turned sideways and presented his right shoulder to me. And I could see his left shoulder blade was normal, but where there should have been a right shoulder blade, there was just a hole in his back. And he said, I'm scheduled for orthopedic surgery. I've got a degenerative bone disease. My shoulder blade is just about shot. Is there anything that God can do for me? And, you know, I don't know how to explain it except to say that something came over me. I believe it was the anointing of God. I believe it was an empowerment to operate and work in miracles. And so I looked at him, and before I realized what I was doing, I took my left hand and I put it in the hole in his back, which was kind of awkward because it drew attention to his deformity. But I did it nevertheless. And then I put my right hand on his chest, kind of like two plates of a capacitor You know, so the charge could flow from one hand to the next. That's kind of the way I think about it now, as I recall, laying hands on Andy Edlin. And I just something rose up on the inside of me, and I just began to speak to his shoulder blade. I said, shoulder blade, I command you to grow in Jesus name. Bones, I command you to grow back in Jesus name. Ligaments, tendons, blood vessels. Everything that has to grow back to give him full range of motion and a complete healthy shoulder blade. I command it to grow now in Jesus name. And then within about five seconds of talking like that, I heard that same popping and grinding sound that I had heard 13 years ago when I saw the man's leg grow instantly out to meet the other leg. And all of a sudden, I felt a warmth under my hand, and I felt his shoulder blade begin to move and grow in such a way that it filled up the hole in his back and pushed my hand out and kept going until right there in front of 25 witnesses, I saw God grow Andy Edlin, a brand new shoulder blade, in about 20 seconds, and it was the most astounding miracle I've ever seen then or since and i mean it just was so overwhelming that andy began to weep i began to weep andy's eyes got big my eyes got big and i said to him andy do you feel that he said oh yeah well to sort of wrap this story up andy was scheduled for orthopedic surgery that thursday he went in i believe on wednesday for pre-op x-rays and they had the x-rays before he got prayed for and then after he got prayed for. And they said, Andy, we don't know what happened to you, but we're not going to operate on you because you have a brand new right shoulder blade. To God be all the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so that was May of 1986. I'm trying to cover a couple of decades here, two or three decades. So, so I've just shared two examples of working of miracles And the regrowth of body parts by the power of God. I'm going to share something with a little bit different twist. Working of miracles concerning a young couple that we ministered to uh, who were believing God to have a baby. Now, this was around 1990 or so. And, uh, you know, sort of my reputation of a teacher and one that moved in the gifts of healing um, became known and a pastor friend of mine from El Eldorado, Arkansas, which is about an hour away from Minden, Louisiana, he called me up and said, we have a Saturday night Bible study. Our church is new. Our people don't know a whole lot. Would you come and teach on healing? So my wife and I drove up and, you know, people are dedicated when they come to Bible study on Friday or Saturday night. So there was about maybe 15 people or so there, and I taught the uh, message of God wants you well, healing is for all. Jesus himself took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses, and with his stripes we were and we we are healed. And uh, it was very basic, very fundamental. And then afterwards, as I am wont to do, um, I said, does anybody here need a touch from the Lord? Well, this young couple came forward and uh, they explained to Trisha and I they were believing God to have a baby. And I said, I'll be glad to to pray for you to have a baby. You know, we've done that before and we've had great success. And the young lady said, but But here's the deal. Here's the problem. I had ovarian cancer, and my ovaries were completely destroyed. The doctors say, I cannot ever have children. And I said, well, I believe Dr. Jesus may have a different opinion. So I had my wife put her hand on her lower back, and I put my hand on her hand. And all I did was a simple command. I said, I command your womb to be fruitful in Jesus' name. I command eggs to be produced and fertilized in Jesus' name. Amen. And that was about it. And there wasn't a whole lot of, um, to my knowledge, she didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything. But I just knew in my heart that the power of God had gone into her body and something was about to happen. Well, we drove back to uh, Minden. It was about an hour drive and we, we talked about it and we wondered what might happen and how soon it might happen. Uh, but soon after that, we completely forgot about it. I mean, as the weeks went by, it just, just completely, we just completely forgot about it. Until nine months later, Pastor Perry called me up. He said, hey, Scott, you know that couple you prayed for in El Dorada?" And I said, yeah, I remember them well. Well, they just gave birth to a bouncing baby boy, and they're not sure how that happened because... Uh, Her ovaries were non-functional. I know how it happened. It happened through the working of miracles. Amen. I don't know how he did it. I don't know if he gave the young lady virtual ovaries or what, but the Holy Ghost saw to it that she produced eggs and one of them got fertilized and they had a baby boy and healthy as strong as you could ever want him to be. Amen. Glory to God. Another example, word of knowledge. This was in 1992, again at Living Word Worship Center. We were members of the church there and our teaching gift became known, uh, as I said before, and uh, before long, Pastor Bill asked me to preach and teach in the pulpit and this particular Sunday night I taught on healing and I taught on God wants you well and he paid the price so all of you could be well. And there's something about that message that gives people faith to be healed. So we had a healing line after the preaching and It was about, I don't know, probably about 15 people that came up, and it was one of those nights where the power of God was just in operation, and several people, not all of the people, but several people that I prayed for received instant manifestations. I got about three-quarters of the way down the line, moving left to right, and I came to this lady. She was 27 years old, and she had been deaf in her left ear since she was a, a baby, and I began to pray for her, just like I prayed for everybody else in the line. And everybody else got healed. Well, it didn't seem to be working the same way. And I prayed in tongues in two or three different dialects. I quoted every scripture I knew off the top of my head concerning healing. And there was just nothing, nothing, nothing. All of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me on the inside, like he did when he said, I want to demonstrate. When I taught that class in Corpus Christi, he said, this is a spirit of infirmity. And unless you deal with the spirit, she will not be healed. And I began to argue with the Lord and say, this is only like the second time that Pastor Bill has asked me to preach. I do want to preach again. If I go casting out devils in his church, I may never see this pulpit again. And the Lord said to me two more times, she has a spirit of infirmity. If you don't deal with it, she will not be healed. And after the third time he said that to me, he went silent and I knew what that meant. You have an opportunity to obey or disobey. What is it going to be? So I just determined right then and there, I would rather never preach again in that church than disobey the Holy Spirit. So I took my right finger and I put it in her left ear and I just shouted out loudly In the name of Jesus, you foul, deaf spirit, come out! And her ear popped open instantly. She heard for the first time since she was a little girl. Awesome, glorious miracle of God. It would not have happened if I tried to deal with her and pray for her the way that I did everyone else. Amen. There's a whole other teaching on that, how you can recognize and know that you're dealing with a spirit of infirmity rather than just sickness and disease, which did originate from the enemy, but indirectly. So you got to be able to discern the difference between the two. So about two weeks later, this young lady came to me in church and she said, I got a bone to pick with you. I said, well, what is it? Well, you know, I got three boys and they're very loud. And on Saturday, when I try to take my afternoon nap, uh, my custom was to put my deaf ear up and my good ear down on the pillow. And then my boys could they could just destroy the house and I wouldn't hear anything. She said, now. I can hear a pin drop and I don't get my afternoon nap. I said, well, you're going to have to take that complaint up with Dr. Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One more miracle that I saw. I was down in Corpus Christi. This was uh, about 1992. Uh, we left Corpus Christi in 87, moved up to Minden, Louisiana, where I got into grad school and uh transferred to the Air Force Reserve after we got off active duty and became more heavily involved in ministry than we ever were before. And so I had an opportunity to fly an A-10, which I flew for the Air Force Reserve, down to Corpus Christi for their annual air show. And I jumped on the chance because there were still many of our friends that went to Faith Temple and I wanted to hook up with them and, and see them again. So I flew down to Corpus Christi And so I got invited by this couple that we were very good friends with at Faith Temple. I got invited to a meeting uh, with evangelist Ed Dufresne. Some of you may be familiar with him. He passed on and went on to be with the Lord several years ago. And Rick and Yvonne, our friends, invited me to come see him in action. And uh, he was a very good friend of my pastor, Pastor Sam Carr, at Word of Life uh, in Shreveport. And so I, I... jumped at the chance to go hear Ed Dufresne preach. And after he preached, he ministered to the people that needed a touch, that needed healing. And there was a young lady there. She looked to be about 12 or 13 years old, and she had her left leg was severely bowed, so severely bowed, it made it difficult for her to walk uh, without pain. And I remember watching Ed Dufresne lay hands on her, and I watched that bowed leg ever so gradually Over a period of about a minute or so, it just straightened out. And I remember I began to weep because I remember what it's like to see body parts grow like that. Now, I don't recall hearing the popping and grinding noise uh, that I was familiar with, but I bet you if I was a little bit closer to the action, I would have heard that same sound as Dr. Jesus operated on this precious young girl's left leg. Amen. So God is in the miracle business. Amen. I've shared some things that I've seen with my own eyes in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. And if I had time, I could tell you many more that I've seen since those days. Amen. In the 2000s, right up until 2018. But from my perspective, these things have been limited breaking out here and there, seemingly randomly, through the decades that I've lived as a born-again spirit-filled believer. I don't want them to be random anymore. I don't want them to be few and far between anymore. I have to tell you, this is my heart cry. I am not satisfied. I was reading one of Morris Cirillo's books about some of the healing meetings he was a part of in the 1950s, and he began to recount how that many times in his meetings, healings would break out all over the auditoriums and venues where he preached, and he said it was not uncommon to hear a sound very much like the popping of popcorn throughout the auditorium, as the popping and grinding of bones could be heard as Dr. Jesus began to work on those who needed healing or miracles performed in their bodies, and this is what it did to me. Just like the prophet Habakkuk, it stopped me in my tracks. Tears welled up in my eyes and I said to the Lord, I've heard that sound before and I want to hear it again. I'm not satisfied. And it drove me to prayer. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I long to hear that sound again. I have to hear that sound again. We've got to have what they had back then. Now, in this time, in this country, in this age, we've got to have what they had back then. And even more than what they had back then in this day and age. We need to do our part and start believing that Jesus meant what he said when he said we would do greater works than he did. John 14, verse 12 and 13. We got to start acting like the born-again spirit-filled believers that he created us to be so that we can duplicate his ministry by the power of the same spirit that empowered him. Amen? Amen. So I'm not satisfied, and I won't be satisfied until we see what these saints of old saw in Bible days and in more recent history in our time, in our day, in our age. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message, I Am Not Satisfied. If you would like to hear more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.